1: Hello and welcome to episode 271 of the Win and Six podcast. I'm your host, Adam McGee. Joining me as usual, we have Jordan Tresky. Hello, Jordan. Hello. And hello, Jordan. And <laughs> making, making a long overdue return to the podcast. Um, maybe, I don't know, we'll have to think about if we ask him back again, seeing as what's happened this time and ask him in advance but we have rowan caddy contributor behind the book past joining us for our post game one breakdown welcome back ron
2: oh it's good to be back that's a little bit of an unceremonious introduction <laughs> I, I mean
1: yeah i don't mean to be rude but you know we're gonna have to look for trends. <laughs> you're, setting, here. you're setting the bar low <laughs> yeah we're gonna have to look for trends and that just make sure you don't become one that's that's all i'm saying um we are here to break down a very very ugly game one. Not the game one we were looking for. Uh to win in five though, you do have to lose one. I just want to point that out.
0: That's very true. Um, so true words have never been spoken. They've
1: got they've got that out of the way early on. The books, of course, did lose game one by twenty two points, which is their biggest loss ever at Vicer Forum. Uh, biggest loss of the season at home. And there is a lot to unpack. And I think a general feeling of panic in certain quarters of books, Twitter, which I guess you won't believe, but it's true. Let's start off before we dive into specifics. Instant reactions. Not quite instant. We gave ourselves a couple of hours to breathe, which isn't likely the worst thing after this game. But what are your opinions? What are your takes coming out of game one and the books? being totally dismantled by the celtics
2: uh well uh my initial thought is everything was sort of playing out as everything that possibly not well not everything almost everything that could go wrong and badly in the buck's favor did if that sort of makes sense it was just uh, it was tough to find some really strong things to hold on to uh, so it it was, watching the game for me it was not a, the most pleasant of experiences, but I feel like we did learn some things. We definitely learned some things. Uh, whether we
1: learn things that the books have answers to is, is kind of the key question, and it's the one that we'll, I guess, find out over the remainder of the series, but we did definitely learn some things. Jordan, what about you?
0: It obviously was not... Uh... A happy day in terms of just following along with the game because outside of what the last six minutes of the second quarter, pretty much everything was u g l y you ain't got no alibi um oh my yeah, goodness. I mean, it was it was legitimately like probably I, I I mean, you can't really think of another performance from them this season that was that objectively terrible. I mean, there was hardly. One player, if you look, if you're going through best players, best all that stuff. I mean, outside of like Chris Middleton, I think, and maybe Miritis just a little bit there. Like outside of everybody, or those two, maybe George Hill.
1: George Hill as well. Let's you've you've literally gone through the players who've played well now though.
0: Yeah, yeah, we're yeah, I mean pretty much everybody was awful. Giannis had his worst game of the season by
1: might be fourth in terms of fourth best no, we're, and no, he was not good. Which that's the yeah, illustration that's... of the fall off once you get past Middleton, Miritich, and George Hill. Yeah.
0: At some point you during that third quarter, the disastrous third quarter where Celtics outscored them by I think it was like 19 something like that. You just kind of like go ahead with, Go game two. That's that's basically what I kind of took it from at that point in the
1: in the game. It's kind of what Bud did in the end as well. I mean, Bledsoe, for example, not good. Which uh, we will get to that later. Started pretty well. It seemed promising in like the first couple of minutes.
0: But there was something worrying. There was like something kind of like off with even with him like being at his best. If that makes sense?
1: No, it doesn't. I mean, we uh, <laughs> we finished our last episode. <laughs> where I was basically just begging you. as like, it's not going to happen again. I, I believe, I believe it's okay. It is
0: happening. Again. Right. <laughs> Thanks, Jordan.
1: Um, I think the thing for me that kind of made it worse was the second quarter. Because it, it set up this thing of, and Jordan has been the king of this all season of, yeah, they're just going to come back. You know, this yep. is what they do. They'll just flip the switch and they'll win. And I was fully in that place. At halftime, I was like, oh, they're going to win. They'll probably win by 15. Uh, this is what they do. They've just started making some crazy shots. Giannis is going to come out. How could he be worse? He's going to be better. Come on, he has to be. They played their best basketball without him. <laughs> <laughs> they sure did. Um, which is definitely amongst the lessons. I'm not saying, you know, Ben Giannis. That's not what I'm saying. But, but it's the lineups they went without him. We're doing certain things that maybe they never quite figured out a way to do with him on this occasion, and I think both Bud's responsible for that, and Yanis is responsible for that. But yeah, I, there was something about how good that burst was late in the second quarter that made it particularly cruel. Because then, even when I got to fifteen and they cut it back to nine, I think briefly, maybe late in the third quarter, you're like okay look they're doing it again they already had one 15-0 run they're gonna have another
2: and then they didn't, I didn't... Think... go on i was just gonna they're like they're always it always feels like throughout the regular season even throughout the first series with detroit it always feels like they're one run away which is what you were hinting at it's just like even throughout like the fourth quarter it was almost like okay if they go on a run now it'll be fine now okay you're starting to push and then it got it was the end of the game. It like the entire season has taught us that this team can come back from any deficit. But today was one of the times they didn't. But today, and I, I think it's kind of something maybe worth
1: holding on to from the start. At least this is the way I'm looking at it. It's a team that's proven they can come back from any deficit. Well, their deficit is you know 0-1 right now. They're down one game, they've got six more games to go. It's all going to be okay. Jordan, you're laughing. I can hear you laughing. It's going to be fine. I think the place that we should start, and I think we really kind of have to start before we get into some of what went wrong for the books, is what the Celtics did well, because this was both a really terrible performance from the books, but also very close to his as good as the Celtics can be I think and I, I'm not saying that as any kind of solace for oh well hey look they're not going to be better than this if they play like this um, three more times in the series that will likely be a wrap but I was very very impressed by them I think the things that we've talked about before where I know I've always felt they were the worst of the matchups I still didn't think and don't necessarily think they have to be the ultimate stumbling block but any concerns that were there about, you know, the books matching up with the Celtics in the East. They kind of came to the fore today, and I think right at the forefront of that was Al Horford. Um, Al Horford, 20 points, 11 rebounds, 3 blocks, 3 assists, which he was credited with 5 blocks during the game. So I wonder who stole those blocks after the game. Um, he dominated Giannis today in a way that no player has... In at least two, two and a half years. And I can't even remember back then who was just I mean, it, it was a sight to behold, really, if it wasn't for the fact that we were all on the side where you're suffering while watching that. Um it would have been something you'd have to marvel at. I mean, Harford really might be the smartest player in the NBA, and I I just don't think there is a more complete performance we put in on Giannis than what he did today on both ends of the floor. Yeah,
0: I, I completely agree. I think – I don't think it's just like the last couple of seasons because it would always be in the the frame of like team defending. Like I, I just – I don't think you're going to see anybody defend Giannis like that. Oh, I, that's such a high standard to play. And he was – I mean, credit to Kyrie who was hitting ridiculous shots as he is prone to do. I just think Horford's the their best player. We talked about – I mean, we had questions about him in the freaking Piston series. <laughs> More often than the Pistons themselves, so like that's just how in- integral that he is to the Celtics and what they do, even when they're inconsistent as they have been throughout the season. So yeah, I mean, he was just immaculate. He in some of those, I mean, one of the blocks that he had, like was honestly, I for like nine, because it was literally just like he smothered Giannis, put Giannis on his back. Yeah, it was. He was even like. Giannis, like, just – there was – I think Matt Velasquez said, like, during the game, like, he just did look fluid, and that was, like, the perfect way to do it because he was just, like – some of the attempts that he was doing were just, like, what are you doing? And obviously it was a result of, you know, just trying to – try to get out of Al Horford's way, but he was just stone-cold uh, assassin defensively and offensively,
2: too. Yeah, like, specifically defensively. The way – it's not just, like, he has, like, the – like the tools to match up with Giannis which obviously he does we've seen it before but what he did today it was more like he took away Giannis's confidence which I don't think we've seen in a long time correct me if i'm wrong but he just he looked almost like timid which is insane to say about someone with like the like the <clears throat> the aggressiveness of Giannis he just sort of like he took that away from him
1: yeah i think for me it was a game of Two halves for Yannis and they were both really bad. Uh I, I, Like I, I think this is—I can't remember the last he played this bad. And I've already kind of gone some of these conversations. I don't think there's a need to defend Yanis, which book fans always want to do. Yanis was really bad, really bad. Defensively
0: too, he was like a step slow he, rotating.
1: Not even just a step slow. He just wasn't trying there's there's possessions early in the game on Horford where he just didn't try and didn't do what he should have done and you know that's okay because honestly if you're a Bucks fan wanting to give yourself some solace after game one it might be better to just say oh Giannis was really bad and he can't be that bad again and I actually think that might be that might be true I think big, I, the biggest adjustment <laughs> the biggest adjustment into game two is Uh, how about something resembling Giannis shows up? Yeah. Like.
0: Because that wasn't, that wasn't like, yeah, that was such, that was, uh, that today's Giannis, his play today was certainly unrecognizable from this season. And even maybe last year, even at his lows.
1: Yeah. And I I, I think when I, when I mentioned the, two halves element of it like for me and i don't know if either of you saw it the same way i thought the first half he was actually particularly first quarter he wasn't aggressive enough at all he was trying to get teammates involved not with real purpose but he was he was basically just passing up the ball (laughs) the ball would come to him and he was looking to move it he wasn't You'd be like, okay, you've got Aaron Baines on an island here. You know, if you, you've you got a head of steam, go at him. You're going to get past him. You'll take some contact. You'll get to the free throw line, whatever it might be. Oh, you've got a smaller guy. Just, you know, attack that mismatch. Uh, there was just an element for me watching throughout the game where I was like, okay, they've just... Brad Stevens has just took Horford out of the game. Horford is on the bench. There is no one now who can stop, be honest. He's got to go and attack. And the first half, I just felt he was deferring Um, it was just I, d- I don't know why it was even before I guess his confidence could have been taken away a little bit from the matchup I I don't know is it to do with the six-day break we know more than any player Giannis is obsessed with you know staying in rhythm and doesn't like time off uh, I mean on today's evidence he made a great case for yeah he doesn't do all that well with time off but that was the first half I think in the second half the problem was actually the opposite because he didn't even, he just wasn't passing the ball. He was dealing with a severe case of tunnel vision. And at a time where they really had him locked down where it's just like, okay, you've got three open shooters. You've got like Chris in the short corner, wide open, not a tough pass. And he's like, no, no, I'm going to go up against four Celtics and get blocked and, you know, blocked into oblivion, not just stopped here. So it was, that to me was the strangest thing about Giannis' performance. It wasn't just, okay, he had a bad game. That's fine. That happens. It was, it felt like he was making kind of counterproductive mental adjustments throughout. He was doing the opposite of what he needed to do. And he normally reads the game a lot better than that. And even, I mean, if you look at his line, he finished with 22 points. Like, that's the fakest 22 points I've ever seen. Those three triples. I mean, we almost can't count them because. It's a great bonus, you know? You go, oh, his shot's falling. And if that can continue throughout the series and he comes back into another in other ways, you go, great. But on this occasion, it's just not what you want. And he's a team-worst minus 24 in in terms of plus-minus. And, you know, that bears out with what it felt like watching the game. And there's so many other things that went wrong, and we will talk about them. But, like, the book's series, the book season begins and ends with, if Giannis is a minus 24... You know, it's it's not actually a cause of great embarrassment to say this team is going to lose, because what team would be able to have Giannis and not lose if he's a minus 24? It's kind of, it's a given. He has to be better than that. And look, in the minus 24 there, we just do the very simple maths. Bucks are a plus two without Giannis. Like... That hurts to you. <laughs> yeah, it's just not good, but you're not going to win that way. It's... You can talk about other things. We will talk about, say, Pat Connaughton. We'll talk about the rotations. I just, I couldn't care about any of that stuff because it's it's at a level where your ninth man is not actually winning or losing you the series. Yeah. Like, it, it may make life more difficult for you, whether the series is going well or poorly, but they're not winning or losing you the series. The guy who's doing that is Giannis. And if he plays like that, you know, you're not going to win. And I, I don't mean that to be like, well, let's just trash Giannis. You know? Who's this guy? We know who he is. I think that's part of it. This You're is like bad... going win
0: without your best player playing up to his. Exactly.
1: This is a bad game. And it's kind of like, okay, they lost on one of the worst Giannis games, if not the worst of the season. Got to kind of take that one on the chin and roll with it. And there'll be a lot of, there'll be a lot said. There'll be a lot asked of the Bucs. There was a lot that they did poorly otherwise that they have to fix. But I mean, everyone, everyone in the organization and no one more than Giannis will know that, you know, what's the biggest turnaround they need going into game two? Uh, they need to win the minutes for Giannis plays. And he only played 34 minutes. Like, not ideal, really. You'd like him to play more. But on today's evidence, they probably could have done with him playing less. And that's just completely bizarre.
2: If uh, if there's one bright spot that we can take away from this, is that uh, was the last bad Giannis performance this season was probably that early season loss to the Indiana Pacers, if I'm remembering correct. And that next game, again, it was against different competition. He came out and tied his then career high of 44 points against the Cleveland Cavaliers. So it's like if any it can't it can't get worse. But he takes it to another level after he plays badly.
1: Yeah, I hope so. I certainly hope so. I think the the other level on this series might just be his normal level, and I think that's okay. Like that's that's what you've got to look for here. The Celtics are a really good team, and we've already talked about how good Horford is. So if you're the books, you say, okay, yeah. So if you can give us twenty-eight, twelve, and five, do what he. If you look at his numbers against the Celtics this season, that's all you have to do
0: all you have to do like I'm just 30 whatever like 10 and 5 whatever all you have to do but yeah that's if you do that I mean you won two games that way in the in the season and let's be honest if we're if we're talking about Giannis we're talking about the Bucks themselves and this might be a little bold of me but I think I think we just saw two outlier performances in from the Celtics and the Bucks
1: uh, I i don't think the celtics will be quite that good i do think outlier is a little strong i think they will be able to replicate a lot of what they did i mean they they shot over 40 percent from tree but they only made 13 trees in total it's, we're not talking crazy amounts it's not the first game of the regular season between the two teams like this is there's not a whole lot that's unsustainable about what they're doing they won't hit quite that level but they won by 22. They don't have to, you know, you could be just a little below that level and still win. Mm -hmm. I don't think they'll be worrying about anything right now in terms of what's our next step. What's the adjustment we're going to make here to almost kind of get ahead of whatever adjustment is coming from the books. They've just got to keep doing that because as it is, I mean, Horford is Horford is the key. The, the books are going to have to prove, and Giannis is going to have to prove that he can have something resembling his usual impact against Horford. I and mean, with Horford playing like that. And I mean, there, there are other elements too, like Kyrie, you did mention he made some really tough shots, particularly in the first half when they built their their first 15 point lead. He's making some really difficult mid range twos. It's what he does, though. And mm-hmm. if he's going to take them rather than trees, you kind of go, Yeah, okay, that's. That's how you're still kind of in the game enough to have your 15-0 run and come back to be right there again at halftime. Like, the one thing that, and I'll be honest, I wasn't particularly living this game on Twitter from even before it went badly. It wasn't the way I wanted to, and I didn't have to today. But when I did check in, a lot of talk about defense, and obviously a lot of talk about how the pick and pop was hurting them. I mean, this is a... 112 points on a really really good celtics offensive performance it's the offense is the big problem here it's the offense that has created this almighty chasm i mean if if the offense is remotely there well you could be within eight you could be within ten in the fourth quarter and then you could maybe look at switching things up defensively and trying something different like part of this, and I think all the calls will be for, okay, adjustment, like radical adjustments. It's time to scrap the defense that, you know, has been there for 87 games at this point and has won uh, 64 games between regular season, postseason. I do think there's an element here where the books will have to be careful not to over-adjust. I don't know if I do feel I'm... Maybe being a little too cautious on that, and then if it goes wrong and you lose again, well, then you're in a major hole, and the season could be over in a week. But I don't know if you tear everything up just yet
2: based on a game like this one. No, I think no, I think you hit the nail on that there. It's uh, you can't really, as you were saying, overreact to necessarily one game, but you do need there are adjustments that do need to be made. But it's like you can't you can't go all the way because then it's like there's, you're not used to playing a certain style and there could be even more flaws that can be exposed in a completely different style. And you don't want to implement something completely new during like the playoffs. So I think small adjustments, small adjustments rather than just like drastic change and see what happens. Cause it, again, this is one game. Yeah.
0: I I mean, I just, there, there was just a lot of talk, and obviously I was tweeting the game, and everybody—it's everybody's disappointed. It was a gut punch, no matter how you put it. But it's like, like we said with Giannis, like it, it was just an awful game all around. Like you could complain could about Pat Connaughton's minutes. Sterling Brown wasn't that much better, <laughs> and then he eventually left the game. Like there was just uh-huh. like it was literally very little silver linings. The only silver lining you could take is like, oh Chris Middleton played as good of a game as we've seen him or maybe not as good of a game as we've seen him this year, but it, it was certainly some of that like playoff magic, but there was still some, I mean, there was just very civil very little silver lines all around that like any adjustments in terms of like, how do they defend us? How do they, who are they replace? It's like, you just got to play better. That's as simple as, as it is really.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I think that's, that's kind of key because when I think of, for example, um, if we're talking about the scheme and what we would have worried about defensively, like the big concern was okay, what happens if Brooke is really sagging back and, you know, Horford kind of gets somewhat hot with his shot and starts to punish him in the pick and pop? And they let Horford go there. And uh, in 26 minutes, Brooke didn't do a lot of offensively, but he finishes a plus two. And I think the one thing that was striking for me is every single time he would lay back he would sag he would sag and then he would close out hard and he is tall enough he is long enough that they were all meaningful contests
0: Mm -hmm.
1: now the play with Yanis that i kind of alluded to earlier that jumped out to me most and it actually happened on two or three occasions is when horford gets to a spot in the mid-range and Yanis just looks at him like yeah let's let him have this shot yep this is what we do (laughs) it's like know your personnel Al Horford, you
0: Marcus Morris, too, I I, I want to say.
1: That yeah, I think, I think you're right on that. But Horford might be like – Horford has two spots. He has one kind of, we'll say, 15, 17 feet just kind of inside the right wing, and then he has free throw line jumper. And if he's anywhere near either of those spots, it's like he is automatic. He's as automatic as any player in the NBA. And Brooke defended him like he knew that, like he was drilled on that. I just can't imagine that Johannes doesn't know that. He's played against him enough. It's not a case of needing, you know, six days of being drilled at and seeing it on video. And I think that would have happened anyway. There's no way they go into this series. And Bud, of all people, doesn't be like, yeah, Al Horford, he's really good at that mid-range shot as well. So that's just the tree we have to worry about. This might be one guy where, you know, let's close him. Um, let's bait him into taking it, but then let's make sure we push ourselves out there to try and contest the shot. And I, I think that was it was almost a strategy that was half executed and some of the players were doing it others weren't. Uh, I think that's kind of you've got to invite them and the Celtics want to take mid-range shots and it's kind of like it's a lot of the discussion you see around Twitter when the Rockets are playing the Warriors there when things kind of go off for the Rockets and you get the discussion more the offense then, but about what their strategy is and it's you know they are a certain team they're built to be a certain team and they're good because they buy in they know how to do it and they believe and they keep going to the well and you know what eventually it comes good eventually you get your run you get yourself in a position where you have a chance to win the game it's got to be the books approach but you can do two things you can say oh yeah we are going to invite you to take the mid-range shot but we're also not going to give it to you wide open and i think that kind of has to be a part of the adjustment. I don't know if that's focus or if that's effort, but it falls into, you know, an element of, if you're just better at that, as you said, Jordan, So you could just be better, I think the results aren't going to be quite as harmful in that department. Elsewhere. I mean, let's talk about the rotation, because it just seemed to be the thing that people are most up in arms with. Am I right in saying that? Both of you may have seen better more than me.
0: Yeah, well,
1: yeah, probably. <laughs> um, Connaughton was bad. bad yes, yeah. he, he was a minus twenty-one. Um, only only Anos had a worse plus minus than Pat Connaughton. There's also an element of this that I find just completely bizarre, though. That you know, we can talk about Connaughton being a positive and the things he's done for quite a while, and then it's just like unplayable. Just get him out of here. He's completely unplayable. I think a few things happened. One, he shot the ball awfully, which doesn't help. He took 10 shots, which was third most on the team. Which How did that happen? Oh Why God. did that happen? Um, Middleton only took 12 shots. I, I yeah, don't That was know. surprising
0: to see. He, probably, he didn't get the
1: ball much in the second points. half. I, again, I think that kind of might factor into Giannis went a little bit tunnel vision because I, look, I understand that he really wanted to turn that game around and Kind of improve on his own individual play, but you made the point. Particularly, Sterling then gets hurt. Tony Snell. Oh no. boy, that
0: was that was where I, I sorry to cut you off, but like I saw a, p- a bunch of people obviously as a re- result of Pat not playing well. I was like, "Well, where's Tony Snell? Where's DJ Wells? Like DJ Wilson was getting some well, stuff."
1: We'll leave that one because I. <laughs> we're okay. We're going down the rabbit hole. <laughs> <laughs> on that one in a minute. Now oh, I'm ready to get onto that one. Um, I got some tweets along those lines that I decided I'm yeah you know, no nope, I'm not gonna answer them. But Let's do Snell first. Like, where's Tony Snell? I mean, if anyone's been paying attention, I think we know where he is. He's. He's coming back from injury. He played seven minutes total. I might be on the high side there against the Pistons. Played about the last 60 seconds of game three, and then maybe five minutes of game four. Yeah. Like, that's where he is. Um, <laughs> He he is not like, oh, yeah, that's basically him to the Wolves. Let's just put him out there in a game where we're getting really kind of torn up there might be a place for him um he is more of a runoff screens more of a catch and shoot guy than certainly conington when he goes two of ten but it might take a couple of games before he's really in his butt where you feel like you can do that he isn't back all that long and he's a guy who actually the the six days off probably hurt quite a lot um because he has no rhythm at all he has he has no feel for games right now, and that's not just going to be smart
2: either. Um, I don't know. He looked he looked pretty good playing against Mark Lazary pregame. I'm glad you brought that up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up. Do we think should Mark Lazary get minutes as well now? Is that
0: Moroccan freak? I don't know. I mean, I don't want to bring this pot down, but watching now his performance, oh, a, no. a celebrity game. Of course, I re- recapped it.
1: Which one
0: brings everything that you need for the celebrity game? Sorry, um, what was my point?
1: <laughs> I have no idea. Not even the slightest. Uh, DJ though, like I'm guessing. Actually, I don't have to guess. I I saw multiple tweets like this, and I got. I think I think there was three different people who basically said along the lines of, you know. Bud's gotta get this rotation under control. What's he doing playing Conanton and Ursa on all these minutes when DJ isn't even playing? And then there are people like mm, someone.
0: I'll like, put the I'll people, leave them on the, names. the rotation be too big, and then they're making it even bigger because they're <laughs> DJ. Well, it's like, what? It's, but it's not you you
2: even that. It's not even that. It smaller.
1: Yeah.
2: It's there, there you then
1: have somewhat I'll call somewhat national people. I'm not going to name names. I saw multiple of them being like, oh, well, you know, this is where DJ Wilson should be playing. Like, don't talk about players you don't know about. Don't talk about players you haven't watched recently. This is not the series for DJ Wilson. DJ will, Wilson is going to get his lunch eaten. By... He will be swallowed <laughs> whole. It is. He will be absolutely bullied. He gets bullied against lesser bigs physically. DJ is when it's, you know, oh yeah, the opposing team has gone small. Which you can kind of say of the Celtics, except for they have Al Horford, who is maybe the strongest 6'10 guy in the NBA. Most cerebral defender. Like, he would just get destroyed. It is not the solution. I feel like I can say we all like DJ, right? We all like of DJ course. Rocks.
0: Had a great season. Great season. Yeah.
1: Now is One not of the best time. Points best storylines of the season. Like, why is Ursan playing? Did it. All the books tweeted this out. Did, did people not see Ursan's numbers and uh, the on off Al Horford's numbers in the regular season when Ursan was on the floor? It's not a great situation. It's not mm-hmm. something I feel particularly inspired about saying, particularly when we've just seen the game Al Horford had. But Ursan is the closest you have, not named Yanis in terms of kind of size and body shape. You know, if you're not going to feel comfortable with Brook and Giannis being the only two guys who are ever going to guard Porford in the game, he's going to get some minutes. And you might go, oh, that's not good. Well, yeah, welcome to having a rotation. Like, your, your eight guy can't be as good as your first guy. And by the way, this shows with the Celtics. The Celtics rotation was super tight. And they were still losing bench battles, you know? Once anyone from the bench came in, and Hayward played really well, about as well as he's probably going to play in the series, and the Bucs won those minutes, and they will win those minutes going forward. So the other element to this, Aaron Baines picked up a pretty nasty ankle roll. I don't know what his availability is going to be like for game two, but... If Daniel Tice plays more, like Daniel Tice played six minutes and Giannis let him get away with it. And to me, that summed up this game because we've seen Giannis destroy Daniel Tice before. I know he does that to Baines, but Tice is nowhere near as strong. And that was when that happened. I saw him out there. I'm like, okay, here we go. Finally. happened.
2: Something to get it going. Yeah, (laughs) you'd think so. Um... Does Hello. this mean that well, Pau Gasol's ankle injury is important? I'm going to go with no. <laughs>
1: <laughs> going to go with no. That's a... <laughs> Although, who knows? You know, Give it a game or so, and I might be like, you know what, could it really be worse? Could it be worse if Pau Gasol was out there with his championship know-how? But right now, I'm going to stick with it. Yeah, that's probably not the solution.
0: Chip off the Gasol block. The player Christian
2: like. Would make a difference. That's the question. Oh my
1: God. <laughs> I think the question a lot of people uh, seem to be asking, and somewhat understandably, considering how the game went on the injury front, is: uh, Is Malcolm Brogdon going to be ready for game three? And, you know, the books could really use Malcolm Brogdon here. I'm going to be honest. I don't know what you guys think that makes me a little uncomfortable. Oh, it definitely made me uncomfortable. Yeah. The mm-hmm. idea of
0: that's like Jason Kidd, Joe Prunty, like, Oh, he's back from injury. Put it in now, now, no, <laughs> It's like, Oh no, no. <laughs> so that's... you're saying it's
1: like what happened last year. Oh, good. Yeah. But that basically so. did happen with Brogdon, although it wasn't obviously in the right in the heart of the playoffs, like this time Two
0: games before, right? Yeah, pretty
1: much. Um, I just don't think you can bank on him to be able to save you in any way. You may not be able to bank on him to be even a net neutral. Like that's I, your,
0: That's your hope. That's your hope.
1: Yeah, I mean, your dream is he's a positive. I think your hope is that he doesn't hurt you, and he maybe buys you something with his spacing and with the threat that he offers when he's on the floor, as opposed to Sterling.
2: Yeah, you have to you have to get him back as a spot up shooter rather than a creator on offense first. And if he can come back as like and he's able to make threes consistently, that's that's a win. I almost
1: have more faith in him being able to do a little bit of secondary ball handling. That's what I was, like.
0: yeah, I was going to say that too because I think that was what stood out to me and why George Hill was effective. Is that a lot of those guys, especially with Giannis's game being as poorly as it was, and Bledsoe, you know, kind of being, you know, absent, say, for the first quarter, the Bucks only had one main creator from their starting lineup then, in Middleton. So you're a lot. I mean, that's a lot of those possessions you would see after Giannis get frustrated, Middleton bring out the ball, and Celtics know what he's gonna do and it gets a little more slower. I mean, the Bucks pacing offensively was just off the whole game. It started right away. There was a the only stretch like I mentioned before where they resembled regular season Bucks was that late second quarter surge. But other than that, I mean, it was a lot of like really laying the shot clock, kind of dribbling it out. I know they had like 19 assists on 31 field goals on their 31 field goals. Didn't really feel like that to me. Um I think that's where more ball handlers and not being afraid to shoot cuz sterling before we got hurt that floater on the baseline just like instantly like turned me off it's like oh he's not going to be able to do anything either so that's where like if brogdon returns you really hope that he can do a little bit of something it, it doesn't have to be f- peak 50 40 90 but just doing something being confident in doing you know shooting and being able to create whether it's for himself or for others, that's where you want
2: something from him. I mean, yeah, it's it would be great. I'm All I'm trying to say is it's if you're coming back from an injury and you need to get into the flow of the offense, it's yeah. a little yeah. more difficult to do that as a as a creator than as a spot-up shooter. That's it's even, even harder when the offense has no flow.
1: Um, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> get into the flow is even tougher. I mean, the 50-40-90 is something. It's obviously such an achievement um, that we kind of touch on that. But... It's just not what is most important about what he gives the books so offensively. To me, that's his driving, and it's his ability to get to the rim and finish at the rim or kick out at the rim. And in my head, I just, like, You're no fault of his own. I see a guy who's been out for over two months with injury, um, and particularly with the personalities against, I could see him driving, driving, getting to the rim, and then just being blocked over and over again. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's kind of how I see it happening with Brogdon, but I'm not even sure. I don't know. I I had a feeling, I said this in the last episode, I thought he might just be ready to go game one. And then when you're ruling him out the first two games straight off the bat, and you're still kind of being like, we need to see, we need to see where he's at. I don't know as part of that, that, you know, let's see if we can keep our powder dry here. If that's, you know, let's see if we can if we can get away without him having to play yet, even better, if we can introduce him a little bit later, or if that's, he's just not quite ready. And we've set ourselves this kind of timeline and he wants to come back. And we know that if he doesn't come back, this could be it. And a great, great season could come just crashing down at this moment. But if he's not ready, he's not ready. And, like if the unthinkable happens and they lose game two, I would feel very, very confident that he would be in a starting lineup for game three, and I don't know if that would bode very
2: well at all. Yeah, that would honestly make me feel worse about game three than him just coming back off the bench, or just like not coming back at all. Just yeah, like, I, I think coming not off back injury at just all being thrust into like, the starting
1: lineup. Yeah, we're in a really deep hole here, Malcolm. I hope you're feeling better.
2: Time Come to go play Major minutes. out of it.
1: Yeah. Um, that doesn't seem great. I think the interesting thing you of there, Jordan, about the one time where they kind of pace-wise even looked like the regular books being that stretch of the second quarter and Yannis being on the bench, mm-hmm. I think that kind of comes back to maybe what I was touching on earlier with the way Yannis was playing in the first half where it looked like he was looking to pass. There was no real urgency. The books weren't getting the ball out and pushing and trying to get it to Giannis at pace and get him attacking off the move. It was all very static. And when Miritich came in and there was just this, oh, we're just going to shoot, you know, just bombs away. We're just going to fire away with every opportunity. It did just start to open up and flow because all of a sudden, the Celtics just... That's where you started. They weren't able to set themselves. There wasn't just... Yeah, they
0: were they're more spaced out. They weren't loading up on Giannis and preparing for whatever he's going to do. That's where it kind of... Again, it was only at most a six-minute stretch, but it—it it, that's where they looked like what we would ex- have expected in a competitive
2: playoff series. Yeah, so and it—it it wasn't just like, like it produced good results. They came back mm-hmm. and they got into the game. Like it's proof that if you can do that consistently, you should be like winning these games. Yeah. Well,
1: the interesting thing with that, and I noticed at the time. I know Jordan, if he didn't notice at the time, certainly knows it since because he. He sent me the numbers earlier, uh, but that was essentially a version of Jumbo books, and we're big fans. I like that beautiful, yeah. Bud is a big fan. We <laughs> we talked about this as a possibility. Where is this? What he is holding it for? And on this evidence, he's kind of still holding it and just let it go, bud. You know, if if we need to make dramatic adjustments into game two, I mean, I wouldn't be against the lineup that started against the Jazz. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just 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 to see Brad Stevens' face. Um, I honestly, I think if there is,
0: uh, this is him if him it goes wrong, on...
1: if it goes wrong and they end up in a bad spot, I do think that could be in play.
0: Well, no, I, I was just, well, I, I kind of agree with that too, but I was going to say if there is, if it hinges on Sterling, his back spasm, if it prevents him from playing game two, I think we 100% see Mirtich in the starting lamp and let's let that freak flag fly.
2: You know what I'm talking about? What did that lineup have like a plus one hundred net rating or something against the Jails? George.
1: So today's today's lineup during that spell. So we had George Hill, who is kind of big and is certainly long for a point guard. We had Chris Middleton at the two. Mm -hmm. Um We could really then go any way with this. I'm gonna say we had Miritich at the three, Ursan at the four, and Brooke at the five. They played how many minutes do you have in front of you?
0: It was three minutes, but probably, okay. I think that might be rounding
1: up because it, it might it, be. But let's just get the net rating out there:
0: plus 216.7 points per 100
1: possessions. <laughs> like smallest of small samples. But yeah, you're right. They're the, I guess, I was going to say the more traditional jumbo books, as if they're such a thing. Um, They had an absurdly positive net rating, and over a decent enough sample, not just like... I think honestly it might just
0: be that 8-0 run. It has to be.
1: uh, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Do you think Miritich... uh, This is something that I don't think books fans will like. Which could be anything. But... (laughs) I have a feeling... To me, it seems like Bud is still being very cautious with Miritich in terms of his health. And even the spot he's coming into lineups, the spot he's coming in in the game, he's not coming in like a sixth man like he was before his injury. He's not first guy off the bench. I wonder how ready they are to really force him into a into a major role. They may now have no choice. And Spell, I can't see, seems ready. He looks ready. But... I have sort of a feeling that if Sterling can't go, Ursun could be a starter. And the crowd Is the falls fans? deathly ill. <laughs> I, I can hear the booze from here.
0: <laughs> um I mean that's what that's what makes this such a game one a tough blow and with sterling's injury and then you're compounding that with Brogdon's absence a shadow over this is that it's just not a there's not a natural way to do it obviously the bucks can look through any multiple uh you know lineup configuration all that stuff and a lot of them were positive but obviously we're this' is a different scenario um and surely if first whenever Ursa is gonna be played he's going to be exploited I mean that's pretty much a guarantee at this point, but I don't know. I think the Bucks' backs are against the wall right now. You have to kind of do something in terms of finding a capable lineup, or at least something a little different. You know what I mean, treading between what we were talking about with the adjustments, you have to just find that balance instead of going too hard in on like, let's change everything and let's do something. There is room, obviously, to do a- a adjustment here or there, whether it's just player or tactically, and then go from there.
1: So if Sterling is good to go for game two, are you saying to me you'd be making a change regardless?
0: Yeah, because I just – I don't know. I think I think you do Miritich just because I don't – if Sterling's not shooting well – I don't know what else he's a good defender obviously and we he made strides in terms of creating and playmaking but when the Celtics defense is that locked in and it's it's not one defender obviously we were talking about Horford but just their how they played team-wise uh or team defending it was like pristine as we've seen against from a opponent against the Bucks this year and I just don't know if he has enough kind of complementary skills to kind of take advantage of that or the willingness to I don't know
2: yeah what's uh, my question what's the benefit for is, the, is there a benefit for um, Miritich's like gunner mentality more on the second unit versus the first unit which can make a difference between putting Ursa on rather than uh, Nico because I do agree with Jordan I'd rather even if Sterling's good to go I feel like that one change needs to be made I wonder, is there something about
1: him coming in when the game is kind of just a little bit more open and a little bit more stretched and, you know, he's coming in and guys have played a few minutes, if that does serve him better. And if that is part of what we saw today and maybe even part of the thinking of why he isn't first in, he's kind of, he's also fourth in. Um, I don't know. I think that could be a valid point. I mean, The other option that might be worth considering, but it it just would take careful staggering in a way that, you know, they just haven't had to do a whole lot of this season because the bench have been so good and they haven't come up against these kind of problems.
2: You could start George Hill to two. Yeah. It just, it provides sort of like a stability. And if something, it just, it's another creator on the floor that can. Um, especially when Giannis is out there, just like uh, if he was there, what would he be, a quaternary creator? He's fourth. (laughs) Uh, It's just—it's more options, basically. If you're not going to go big, at least put George Hill. He's also, I mean, Jalen Brown had a really good
1: game. Um, And look, Hill's a good defender. And there's also an element, too, that if... Something, and something the Celtics did really well was kind of, okay, they were looking to run everything through the pick and roll, but they'd screen and re-screen, and then there was, of course, the play that we saw multiple highlights of, which was really nice with a double screen. But if you're just going to kind of have constant movement, constant screens, where you're going to end up with switches and switches and switches and mismatches, um, I don't dislike the idea of Hill being out there with so where okay, Kyrie has managed to get himself off of Bledsoe, maybe we can get Hill over onto him. You know, there is, there is something to that as well. Um, I mean, look, the other side of that is, I think Jalen Brown, this particular matchup is one where you can play Middleton at the two. There are certain matchups I don't think you could do that anymore with the way his game has gone. Mm-hmm. I think it works in this series. Um, my concern more is Middleton does it, really great job defending Jason Tatum. And if you're if you're to move Middleton down, I guess you've got to get Giannis to defend Tatum, which he could do that kind of job, but then he's also further away from Horford. Yeah. Um, he, you may end up more out in the wing where you'd like to have him just within range to come over and help on the weak side, even inside, whatever that might be that's something that i kind of be uh, i don't know i mean look we're talking through options here which i think it is a positive to begin with even down a few players there are different ways they could go with this i'm not certain that i would switch it up completely yeah i don't know that's risky in its own right and maybe i'm just i've got to touch the gambler in me jordan Um, maybe it's why I always, you know, was so fond of John Hammond, but (laughs) I still think the books can just play better and win. I really do. I think this is this has got to be very close to as bad as it gets, if not as bad as it gets. There may be individuals who could play worse. But your best player isn't among them. <laughs> this is it's... this is as bad as he's gonna play. In terms of impact, like there Giannis could have 10, 5, and 5 and significantly impact the game in a much more positive way than he did in this game. Yeah.
0: No. I, I just keep coming. I know like, I I'm probably going all over the place if I really listen back to what I've been saying, but like you never do that. That's Jordan. come down come to <laughs> oh. Well, it does just come down to like rising tide lifts out boats because we're talking about these guys that didn't look good and they're, you know, the very, you know, a few silver lines here and there, but your best player is playing his best. Chances are everybody's going to fall in line, even if you're, it it might not be to the level of, you know, what we saw from Miritich or George Hill hitting shots and stuff like that or whatever. It's just. Your team has a better chance when your best player is pl- playing well, and we didn't see that today. No,
2: and then best, best player in the series usually it win. helps you win the series, but the Bucs did not have the best player on the court tonight. I still think yeah. that will be the case though, because if, if Horford is the best
1: player like yeah, no, no, sure. oh yeah,
2: like no, for they, sure.
1: they will win. It. And if Giannis can come back and look like Giannis,
2: I think the Bucs will win. Yeah, the that's what I'm saying. It's like once Giannis is Giannis, then it should be back to same old, same old. Should be noted.
0: Today is, I think, 26? Was it 26? 26, yeah, 26 points in the paint. The fewest the Bucks have had, both in the regular season and playoffs. So that's something to kind of, if you're looking for outliers. Also, I believe, let me look at this again. 38th, 38.2% at the basket on 34 attempts. Which I would assume is also the worst rate <laughs> The Bucks have had in a single game this year. I mean, that's where I'm kind of looking at, and a lot of it is credit to Al Horford and the Celtics defending as a team. But if you space them out, like you saw, and of course glimpses, the pace going to be there for the Bucks to kind of pounce on, and I think those numbers will look a lot better. I, those, I would, I'm not a betting man, as everybody knows. But go I would I'm intrigued prop, I, might, I, would I probably guess bet. those are going to be the lowest in the series, however long it goes.
1: I think that's a safe. I mean, it's a good job you the batting man. You wouldn't get any odds on that. Exactly. I I'm sure this will probably be the worst it'll get. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um I mean, look, the Celtics are going to collapse. The defense is going to collapse over and over again. Got to make the pass. Got to find shooters. Yeah.
2: It's like uh, it's there's simple simple things.
1: It's, yeah, it's really, it's fundamentals. Like, it's it's pretty basic. Again, it does come back. That's where I am with, I don't know how drastically I changed this yet because, look, we, we saw this um, we saw this last year, but we even saw this in the series with the Raptors down the year before that. If you're going to make your big adjustment in game two, the Celtics are going to figure it out by game four at the latest. I think the Bucs can win a game as they are. Now, of course, the risk of that is you come out and you play like this again. Let's be real. series is over. The losing on Tuesday, series and the season are very likely over. Uh, It it would take a really, really incredible turnaround to make that not be the case. Um, They'd have to win four of their next five. It's not beyond them, but chances wouldn't be great, particularly where confidence on both respective sides would likely be at that time. But I think the books can win a game up there, and there this could still be a long series, and if that's the case, particularly if you're not sure about say when Brogdon's going to York, what he, what he's going to look like. It's I'm saying this, and I'm I'm not convincing myself because there's something ridiculous about oh you know don't use the good stuff early, you might need it later because well. <laughs> The flip side is, yeah, if you don't use it now, you might need it at all. But yeah. I, there, there is a part of this where I think they have shown enough. They've shown enough to everyone, to themselves, to Bud, to all of us watching, where you can kind of just say, we can probably trust them to go out and win on Tuesday.
2: Yeah, they're going to can... come out with a killer mentality. They just need to start well. I mean... <laughs> Then you, yeah. you don't want to see a
1: start where they miss a few shots because it's the kind of thing where you miss a few shots, Celtics make a few, and then you're like, "Oh no!" And that feeling will probably get contagious around or form. Anyone going to the game on Tuesday? This includes you, Tresky. Um, Me? Yeah. <laughs> keep keep the energy up and keep the energy positive because with a T-shirt. If it starts a little Uh, bit poorly, don't let that fester. Don't let the players feel that. Um, I I tweeted this at halftime, but it might actually be one of the more encouraging things from today's game. And it's something that hopefully they can apply in a kind of wider series setting. This is new, right? This is new for the organization. It's quite a while. We know this since they have been out of the first round, since they've been in this situation, since they've had real hopes and realistic hopes. For everybody
0: that's with the organization now,
1: certainly. Yeah, there's no one. Um, And with that, when they found themselves down 15 in the second quarter and it was getting away like that, to then show that they could go and roll off a 15-0 run the kind of run that we saw them do all regular season long the kind of runs that are just you know oh yeah this is part of who this team is that kind of felt big to me that they didn't just go oh my god what are we what are we doing what are we seeing here we have no answer for this this isn't the situation we're used to they did come up with a response now that's all well and good if you then dig yourself that same hole you are going to get found out like that's we talked earlier you always have a feeling with the books they're just one run away that was the case today they made the run and then they said oh you know let's see if we can be two runs away um and they didn't have the second run in them there's something positive to be had about the way they were able to flip that switch to begin with though particularly because like the Celtics okay they played multiple other guys kind of spare minutes here or there and obviously the blowout inflated that you're really talking about a seven-man rotation and if it's not a night like this where the books were so bad inside and i mean look they did shoot 24 free throws um there are more free throws to be had than that in this series go and attack these guys get them in foul trouble yep like really test that you can if you I, I mentioned this um on the i was gonna say the pre uh the preview pod we didn't do one because we did like four of them they were called the pistons episodes <laughs> <laughs> but go get two fouls on al Horford in the first three or four minutes and see what happens. We saw that we, we i mean we, we saw very close to it i don't think he got two. He
0: got two and was taken out, but I don't think they capitalized on it because... No,
1: they didn't. They weren't... didn't capitalize on it when he came back in. Yep. I think he had two by very early in the second quarter.
2: That sounds right. Yeah. And then I think it was they took Brook Lopez out, which was another weird thing. Early on, Brad Stevens was sort of matching Lopez and Horford. So if you take Lopez out when Horford gets into foul trouble, like that's just... a it's an excuse to get Orford out.
1: Yeah. I, I think one thing that's interesting with that, and I, I'd give Brad Stevens a lot of credit for, and it's kind of what I was calling for the books to do all along when we were getting questions about adjustments, adjustments, adjustments. Uh my point all along was, okay, let's kind of wait until we get in this situation where adjustments then becomes the conversation. And then as everyone has heard, I'm still kind of like, mm, maybe hold off on the adjustments. But I felt Stevens just went out and, Proactively coached his game and his game plan, and he wasn't like, "Okay, let's match Horford with Yanis." For example, because even if they're not directly matched up with each other, I can see the temptation to be like, "Okay, let's kind of shadow minutes there." But I don't want Yanis yeah, on the floor. Horford's he, on the floor. Stevens wasn't doing that. Stevens was like, no. "Yeah, we're we're just gonna play our game. We're gonna take our game to them," and that worked out like. That is the mentality the books need to have with this because I think if both teams come with that mentality, look, maybe, maybe I've just been wooed by what we've watched this season. Maybe I'm too far gone to see this the way it really is. But I think the books' best is better than the Celtics' best.
2: Yeah, you can't play off your back foot.
1: No, uh, I. It's kind of just, you know, the part big part of playoff games is you get these momentum swings, but if you want to really kind of take charge of that, you gotta kind of impart your will on the opposing team. You can't you can't have it be the other way around and be like, Oh, let's let's get into this game of chess where we're always, you know, we're playing defense. We're a couple of moves behind. They're plotting, you know, the end game here. Topical reference, (laughs) Uh, and uh, I just went full Jordan there, where I said something and then explained exactly what it was. Mm -hmm. He's
2: gotten to you, yeah. I also saw the Avengers
0: Endgame. He he buried Thunder. (laughs) Thank you, thank
2: you.
1: (laughs) Other than potential lineup changes, other than play better, (laughs) other than play better, and other than. Yannis, please show up. Anything else we're hoping for in game two? Um, I mean, actually, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna answer my own question because there's we haven't really talked about it. But ugh, let's talk about Eric Bledsoe. So I was about to say? Yeah. <laughs> it did start well. I'm not, I'm, I'm not making really that excited. up, right? There was a couple of minutes where it was like, this is this is a good Bledsoe in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, he had a couple
0: of deflections. He also had like a really like deep three, and I couldn't tell if it was like a heat check or like trying to test out his range or whatever, but I was like, hmm, okay. He didn't make any trees. No. Well, I was I know. He I was close. It was an attempt. Oh. Okay. But it was like I was wondering if he was, he was I don't sort know. of feeling himself. Yeah. But honestly, I think outside of that first quarter, did he attempt another shot?
2: Dude, uh... Maybe not we'll a lot. not something memorable.
0: He had two. So he had attempted two threes in the first quarter. And then outside of that, he had two more attempts. He's one for, sorry, one for five. Pretty anonymous game,
1: obviously. It's even defense was... I, they actually just didn't... I can't believe, you know... The journey this podcast has been on, the things we've had to talk about that we've reached this point, and I'm going to have to say the E word, but... Do it. Eels. <laughs> he didn't really bring the kind of effort you'd expect, and he wasn't <laughs> alone on that. Um, Did have the energy well,
0: that there. was the, I think that was the other thing where third quarter especially, like when you were talking about like the defense being there, I think the third, qu- third quarter was tested that because there was it was gone completely for me at least that transition especially that if that was the most uncharacteristic part of the bucks performance is that yeah they have terrible shooting performances from time to time your best three-point shooters are maybe not doing as well or are not getting the looks that you want them to but that's a staple of bud bud's teams getting back in transition he would call timeouts we didn't really see him if we didn't see him do that in the third quarter either, which is kind of bizarre personally. Um I thought that was where it's like, okay, we're looking at something dire here.
1: Yeah, I, I think the inner part of that is it wasn't just the defense. They weren't getting to their spots offensively. Yeah. The guys aren't running. Lack of pace all around. Guys aren't running to corners with urgency and being like, "Okay, we're spaced out now. You go and drive, Yanis." That's kind of the problem. It's like, "Okay, Yanis is kind of at the top of the arc, thinking about will I drive now?" And you've got guys kind of just sauntering to kind of their spots. What happened to the blue rectangles, blue squares? I can't remember what shape they were. But...
2: Bud needs to dive for loose balls in the locker room. <laughs> oh, I, I think that could be a do you also Do you
0: also think – I was going to make a joke about this, but I think surely I would. someone would probably say, like, what are you talking about? I was going to make the joke of, like, after the Pistons, you know, sweeping the Pistons, like, they actually get to practice basketball instead of practicing croquet and wiffle ball and <laughs> – <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's how much, yeah. Maybe that's where we should maybe go, they like... didn't
1: do any. Maybe they taught too much about basketball this week. Positive. Maybe they need to like go and play mini golf. To you know, I'm terrible this weekend, so I don't know all if all they got enough. it. No indoor mini golf anywhere. Well, maybe is there a top golf in Milwaukee? No, I don't think so. Yet. Okay, that's unfortunate. Might have to wait for Boston for um there might be might be one there. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, Bledsoe's just come alive, please, Eric Bledsoe. You were outscored by Terry Rozier. I really didn't think this was gonna happen again. Rozier had nine rebounds. Bucks also lost wow. on the glass, and I think they kind of reined that one back they in lost a little it right game. on.
2: <laughs> That's yeah. very
1: true. But um not a good sign for this team and for the things they've done this season when you're kind of getting pounded on the
2: rebounds. And one of the weren't. one of the best plays was... Uh, sorry, like one highlight was probably Bledsoe stopping a one-on-three fast break with a charge. That was, that was fantastic. That was first quarter, though, right? I mean, it yep. feels like it was I that early. So. Like...
1: That's when we were in, oh, good Bledsoe. And I can't just believe to he's done it to me again. Stuff. I really... I really thought this time was going to be different. Maybe it
2: still will be. But he's he wasn't inherently bad. Uh... It was it like, wasn't a, it was run. a
0: different kind of bad or different. It was it wasn't like last year certainly. He wasn't I, you know, you making I think them the lose difference in that is
1: though. I think the only difference in that is that we have six or seven other guys we can talk about being just as bad.
2: Like he by himself was not dragging the ship down. He was just but, but not that's part because of the, the ship was already at the bottom of the ocean.
1: We were dead before <laughs> the ship even sank. I think that's that is where last year My it's like look at Middleton, look at Yanis and then you had him doing that. You're like, Phew. where today you'd be like, oh, look around. He fits right
2: in. It's like he wasn't taking like bad shots though. No, he, he should he have,
1: have that. He should maybe you some more? That's part of the problem. Oh, that's true. You oh, oh, didn't I'm have I'm that trying. crazy. Okay.
0: Do you remember that crazy I try. like wrap around? Wrap around like past to Thon. I was like, "What are you doing?" I think Thon <laughs> actually hit it, but it was like, "It was ugh. even like the plays that he did well last year in the series were like, why Why do you have to do it like that?'" I don't know. He so also the, didn't have a good game one against the Pistons, and then from that point on was pretty spectacular. So,
1: speak, speaking of the Pistons. Could the books oh, rent we're talking a ton about the pistons on the Celtics uh, podcast? <laughs> yeah, I thought would be a good way to. Could the oh, books rent a ton to... and just get Tom to come in and just like flail some arms see how that upsets the Celtics? What oh. Do you think, Jordan?
0: I actively oppose that.
1: We need an it, we do need some sort of uh not enforcer, but just irritant. And I think Sterling can be that. He wasn't today. Um Eric Bledsoe, if you're listening, you do not need to play that role. That will not no. go well. Um, I, it won't remind you, but we know already. I don't know who else could do that. It's gonna this, ha- this is kind of what happens when you have a team made up of, you know, good guys who play to the roles and do the right things. It's when you're like, we just need, you know, we need a real piece of work here to get under the Celtics'
2: skin. We could have someone picking up texts on the bench, a la Blake Griffin style. Mm. I don't. Know. I don't even know Dante. who it could be. I, I, I think Taylor
1: Jenkins would probably stop that one, knowing his record. Right <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. Okay, all important question. We'll do two questions. First of all, will the books win Game Two?
2: Yes.
0: Yes.
1: Okay. Jordan was at least more convincing than Rowan. Rowan, that was, I mean,
2: <sighs> it's, I don't know anymore. I, yeah, mean, I think you, that's you know, really yes, your answer. Yes, your answer will. isn't yes. Yes they, yes. yes, they will. Confident. Okay.
1: We can all see through it, but okay. <laughs> I, I think they will. I think they'll win pretty well. I also (laughs) game one. Well, yeah, so did I. Uh, Look, I am very much on record as saying, you know, they're going to win. Well, they're going to win in five. Look, this is the one. The the four coming. Um, I really don't think they're we're going to see a whole lot of change. And it's going to feel without injury. Well, obviously, just injury, we'll see some change. Yeah, but. I don't. I'm not sure if Sterling will be that bad. I, I don't think we will see all that much change, and it will fuel the thing, which is my, you know, pet peeve because it's just kind of not really all that true or relevant, which is the bud not making adjustments. I think this might be a time where it would be a really, really gutsy call, but there could be there could be some scope for saying, yeah, how about just don't play crap again? How about just play like you know the team that won sixty games and if you do our normal things, we'll be right there and we'll probably win the game. Um, and I think he might employ that. I really do. And if it goes wrong, I don't look forward to having to talk about it, but it wouldn't surprise me. But I I do believe that this team can get it right that way. I'm not sure there'll be no adjustments that there won't be. There certainly has to be uh, mentality adjustments from the books. Oh, certainly. But I would not expect to see anything drastically different. And honestly, if, if it did get really weirdly different, I'd kind of just be like, what have we, what have we done all of those other games for, you know, what was, what was the regular season and the first round for it to then just be like, Oh no, we lost the game. Like, you know, there's one thing that's important to remember here. That's not be like the Raptors, not the Raptors at present. We won't talk about them right now, but the Raptors, you know, that I've enjoyed poking fun at for a long time. Um, let's not be like, you know, game one Raptors where the panic sets in. Let's even keel. There's still yeah. lots of time. There's still this, lots this is of reason to leave here.
2: This is the first real game they've lost since that Philadelphia game. I mean, everyone has lost a game except for the Celtics
1: now. So you just got to take care of that one in the next game. And then it's. Ah, oh, like, darn. There goes remember. my low fire thing. I just remembered that. Uh, oh, sorry about that. <laughs> But, I mean, the other part of this is... R.I.P. LeVar. Do any of us... <laughs> road record still intact. True. I, I, I am genuinely sorry about that, because I do I do like whenever you get a reason to break out. I mean, maybe we could do since since Malcolm Brogdon returns. Maybe that's oh, a reason to bring him back. Or um, if they win
2: both games on the, in TD Garden.
1: Yeah. The things I thought would work. On that subject... I kind of feel like the books will split in Boston. No, oh, I've been confident that
0: they're going to take yeah. one in Boston.
1: Okay. Well, if that's the point we're coming from and it's like, well, I think they might win game two and they'll split in Boston. Well, then if we're just like back where we started. Right. And it's, Buckle up. It's a <laughs> seven one. Yeah. But it's a three game series with home court as opposed to last year. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's kind of where it is. It's just game two is the most important books game in
2: 18 years. <laughs> and then, you're down. Oh, one. We got to remember that.
1: Oh yeah. That's, I fully agree not, with that. It's but not you, that ca- you can't, you can't be down o two. two and then going on the road. You just can't do that. Like yeah. I, I fully believe they can come back fully believe that they probably will come back. Um, it doesn't change the fact that they have to start to come back in game two.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. Second question. Last question oh, yeah. before we wrap up. Little... Are you still picking the books to advance? Yes. Again, convincing as ever on <laughs> Jordan.
0: I would say I'm cautiously optimistic. Still,
1: it's like your permanent state. <laughs> not not permanent.
0: I mean, I've, you're, I've seen the light. Uh,
1: you're usually cautiously optimistic or pessimistic. Spring is here. Cautious is your fear. The deer.
0: State. Kyrie Irving. Have a beer. I I lost him there. Was... Yeah, yeah, there. You nearly got there.
1: Going somewhere? No. Yeah. Well. I, I would have let that run for as long as you would have gone with it just to see where <laughs> The, the it music go. kicks
0: in. <laughs> yeah.
1: End of podcast. Uh, I'm picking books in five. Oh, books my God. Five. I... <laughs> I am. I'm picking books at five. Um, do I believe it, you might ask? Well, that's my business. But <laughs> I'm, I'm still picking books in five. Jordan. Wrong. Thanks. Thanks. To both of you, thanks as always. Thanks for breaking down this uh, not so fun game with me. We will be back after game two, the much more euphoric game two. Um, Jordan will have the champagne ready. Until then, I'm
0: putting my undefeated stretch on the line. By the way, that's I, I put. Don't it all, say it like I'm that. It you're the, taking yeah, your undefeated no. You're, stretch yeah, you're into saying it,
1: it like that. If they lose, I'm going to blame you. I'm going to be like, what did you do differently this time?
0: Well, I'm gonna. I already know what I'm gonna wear. I'm gonna wear the. You want know, that was the thing. I was, uh, whatever. This no, no. It. I need
1: the details. Come on. You started. The people want to know. Well,
0: the, I was. Uh,
1: you. You might be identifying yourself here. Be careful. Exactly. That's right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> of course, outside of the lucky camp. That looks a little something like
1: that. No, sorry. Well, if the lucky cap was real, <laughs> you know, you'd be you'd have Who's been identified a long time ago. Jordan has now abandoned this for fear that someone might recognize him. So I'll go back to the wrap up. Thanks as always for all of you for listening. Make sure you subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, follow us on SoundCloud, add us to your favorite, tune and radio. And again, I think follow us on Spotify. I should really check that. You can also follow us on Twitter at and 6 podcast You can read mine, Jordan, and even Rowan's writing on Behind the Book Pass. If you'd like to do that, we'll certainly have stuff in the next few days. We have stuff every day, but we will have some between now and game two, regardless. Until the next time, thanks to all of you for listening.
2: Let's just
1: collectively take a deep breath. Books in five, you did that.